now when I pick up the guitar, I am like, I'm just getting struck by lightning, by by the things that are, you know, the good vibes, the, the good information, the, uh, the um, whoever, the muses, the gods that are, you know, giving us that, that hook or that melody that we don't know where the hell that comes from, but it, it comes from somewhere and we just got to be aware and ready and with our arms open for it. Hello and welcome to The Musician's Journey. The only podcast where a globally touring musician and an executive career coach come together to reveal, explore, and celebrate the unique challenges and triumphs of artists. To help inspire your own creative journey. I'm Chelsea Sabo, executive career coach. And I'm Jed Elliott, musician and songwriter. This is The Musician's Journey. Our guest today is a member of my new favorite band, Max Satin. He is a sensational guitar player and is one of the masters, at least in my experience, at the art of living creatively. Welcome to the show, Mike Moody. What's going on, Jed? Hey, Chelsea. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling great today. I'm uh, going through the middle of a move right now, so I got a million things getting thrown at me, but uh, good thing I can catch them all. And you're, you're moving in with the rest of the guys in the band, right? Yeah, yeah. A few of us got a new house together. So I think that's really important for all of us to have like a big band house, especially in Detroit where it's possible. Yeah, no, that's so fun. We did that uh, years and years ago. That was how we started. First two years of the band, we all lived together. And that was, uh, we still kind of do when we're on tour. And you know what that's like. Oh, exactly. Like. Yeah. I'm actually really grateful that we had the experience of living together before we got into a van because... The van is close quarters, and I'm glad we had a good gauge of who we were as people before we just kind of got thrown into the whole mix. Because as you know, the music and the show of the touring life is about 15% of everything, and then 85% is hanging out. Right. <laughs> so you got to know how to hang. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask before we dive into our official intro, Mike, because what can you give an example of like how knowing yourself as a person or like what you could know about yourself as a person that would help you show up in the van in, in a way that would mesh well with others. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that has to do with knowing what you, what your needs are and knowing how much time you need for yourself each day or what that is. And, you know, it, it might just be five minutes. It might be an hour. Um, but I feel like that, is really helpful so you don't go and project on your on your mates um or blame them for you not taking enough time for yourself and also knowing what those needs are so you can ask for help it sounds like your band's quite evolved you know if you can identify your needs and then ask for it and mm. then it's received so that's three core parts that it sounds like are happening that mm. i wouldn't imagine is happening on everybody's bus so celebrating celebrating that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm really happy that uh, the guys that I'm with, we're all just, I, I think the special, the special sauce is that we all come from great mothers. <laughs> and I think that that's, uh, yeah, shout out to the moms. <laughs> Mike's band, Mike Saturn are out on tour with my band. At the moment, we go back out in November. And the camaraderie between the two bands has just been absolutely incredible. And backstage, there was one day we walked in and we come off the bus and I walked in and you guys were all talking about your therapists on BetterHelp. And everyone was like <laughs> comparing and just saying like, I love this. I love this. I love that I was able to do this that day. 
I was like, in 15 years of touring, I don't think I've ever seen a band talk about talk about therapy, <laughs> let alone be in the same room with another band of dudes they just met and just be like comparing notes. And we just had the most, um, it's funny because it to me, like that shouldn't be that remarkable, but it was at the time. It, it was it was amazing. And um, and that goes down to, yeah, I guess credit to to you and the guys and your emotional intelligence with that. Um, but that was one thing that, that really confirmed. I was like, their music is already phenomenal. They're incredible performers. And I was like, and they're the coolest dudes on the planet. Like, come on. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all not alone. That's the thing. We all are dealing with these crazy um, emotions, these ups and downs of all this. And it's awesome to be able to put ourselves out there, you know, where we can even have that conversation. We're have that vulnerability within each other, you know, even knowing each other for like the three or four weeks that, you know, that we get to hang, you know, I think that that is, um, that's a testament to all of us. It really is. You can't be dropping that out. You can't be dropping that on everyone. You know, <laughs> you really can't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. We've created a, uh, a space where that's able to happen. And that's fantastic. We love mm -hmm. to hear it. So that, really ties into as i said like i've i've been very inspired um by you in particular and just how you live so creativity you can see that any moment just like observing you mm -hmm. it, that doesn't sound too creepy um that you can tell that you are channeling creativity seemingly at all times and that's manifesting in the way that you live your life um, which is incredibly inspiring to see and a big reason why we wanted to talk to you today as well. And everybody has their own unique experience and relationship with creativity, yeah. right? But what is, what is it to you? Mm. Well, as of right now, I feel like my, I feel like in the last year and a half, when we started touring a bunch and I started realizing, wow, the guitar is the vehicle for me to go and live this life and to go and travel the world and do this whole thing. The guitar is the vehicle. But for some reason, that pushed me to like kind of diversify all of my creative outlets because I don't want to look at the guitar and never feel stale or like feel like I'm sick of it. And um, I don't know what happened. I think it was uh, last, last summer, but... I kind of just started throwing in some some drawings, you know. I was like painting a bunch, and then I just started doing these little drawings, these little uh, stickers, you know, that I would tag up, and I would just get lost into that. And I would, um, I don't know, I would it would tickle that same side of my brain that I would get with the guitar if I'm breaking ground on the guitar, if I'm breaking ground on something with drawing. And I think as of lately, with that and with you know, my relationship with like photography lately, like film photography and all these other things, I'm starting to realize that my creative bandwidth is huge now because I am having so many other outlets to express myself rather than just putting it all into one singular, um, singular action. And um, now when I pick up the guitar, I am like, I'm just getting struck by lightning. By by the things that are you know the good vibes the the good information the uh, the um, whoever the muses the gods that are you know giving us that that hook or that melody that we don't know where the hell that comes from but it, it comes from somewhere and we just got to be aware and ready and with our arms open for it 
And so I feel like um, as of late, you know, spreading everything out a little bit more has been uh, has been really helping me out with um, with when it comes to doing the you know turning on that creative engine or always having it on. I Mike, I, I want to ask you something to that because there's something really yeah. unique that you seem to be doing that I'm not sure everybody could just do. And, and what that is, is you've allowed yourself, okay, maybe I'll draw, maybe I'll paint, maybe I'll even run a certain way. But in order to receive the creativity that you're receiving, you, you have to be open and not have the judgment or the pressure that this is going to be a perfect doodle. This is going to be a perfect painting. So, so that seems to just naturally happen because you didn't mention it, but what has allowed you to get to that point? I think a lot of it has to do with not being so precious about, about mm. these things. You know, art is for the moment. And as long as you are here right now in the moment, then whatever you create, and I, I feel like that's authentic to that day. That's authentic to the set of motions that we have. And we, Jed, you and I are so fortunate that we get to play these awesome rock and roll shows every single night. But the cool part, I feel like the coolest part of touring has got to be being able to play a show and whether that was the best show or the worst show, next day you got to do the same thing and you move on and you don't let all that emotion from the night before linger. You push forward because you have a brand new spaces. And so it makes me think of Back in the day when I was playing showcase shows and it was like, okay, this is the big one. This is Friday. We practiced for four weeks for this show. And then our next show is in three months. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's such a crazy feeling. You can go and take that moment and just, I don't know. You could really kind of beat yourself up over it because of how precious it is, precious it is to you. But now that I'm kind of, in this flow of just giving everything I have. And as long as I'm present, I know that I'm going to give everything I have to that moment. And that has, um, that has made me feel a little bit more fearless with the art that I'm putting out right now. I really admire Mike, how, cause you're, you're even challenging my perspective on this as well. I've sometimes when it comes to writing, I'll separate that from the performance. The way you just described it in the same way that you liken your performance on stage to doing a doodle and like doing some art, taking some photos and you liken the performance of that, I think is amazing actually, because it does help you. That's something I've personally struggled with as well. If, uh, if I'm really not in the mood to show up on stage that day, um, I do, I feel like I've done a disservice to myself and the audience and to the band and I think a way to improve upon that inspired by your actions is by viewing the performance as, as much of the creative process as doodling in your notepad and just writing for the sake of writing because it's beneficial for your well-being. Um, so that's a really interesting perspective on the performance element that I really love from that. Yeah, you know what? I, I feel like that is something that... Um, you know, I've, I've definitely loosened up on too. And because we, we do have these, these performances each and every night and we have to be, we have to put on a good show. That is, we have to be high energy and we have to put on a good show and we have to know how to play the songs, which, you know, that's, you know, we can do that. But as far as like our energy levels, 
not every night is the same. You remember Fort Lauderdale. Me, me and Jeb, we played the show in Fort Lauderdale. It was 115 degrees in this place. It was so blitzing hot. But there was something about that, I don't know, I guess that, that, um, that uncomfort that pulled something out of us. Because every single show is completely different than the night before. The way our body feels, maybe our neck is sore from the night before of us headbanging or whatever. And it's like, I feel like every time we get on that stage, we get to almost reinvent ourselves each night and give as long as we are being true to ourselves and we're not overextending because that's how you get hurt. <laughs> um, then, uh, yeah, like I feel like we just, that's what our fans want to see. Our fans just want us to be real. And if we're jumping up and down and stuff like that, but it looks like it's forest. They'll know. They always know. We can never be smarter than them. <laughs> Mike, you seem to have a really clear awareness of what's pushing myself. What are my needs? What are my, mm. how have you been able to navigate that without feeling like it's part of the role that you have to force it? Or, you know, if you know this is out of where I'm available to jump around, you know, what do you do to navigate that? And, and how do you handle it? Mm. I don't I feel like um I have so many different affirmations throughout the day that are telling me that are wiring me to know that I am gifted this energy, you know. I'm gifted this uh this moment. I'm gifted this this time where we're actually doing this. Um I feel like right now and I've honestly felt like this for the last like probably 3 years. Like this is the best time of my life. So of course I'm going to be able to do anything that's thrown my way, you know? And I think it's just me practicing my, I don't know. I would like to say gratitude because gratitude is a big thing of why I feel like I am able to have all of these things, you know, like all of these experiences, you know, because I'm constantly drilling that in. But I, I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm, I'm grateful for what I have each day, you know? I, I think that that's a big thing. I'm grateful that my knees and my legs and my ankles and my, you know, my hands work. And, like, I don't know. I, I feel like that that's been really, really helping me out, um, that kind of mentality. On the road, I would seek you out after mm -hmm. a show, right? So you guys would come out you get the crowd absolutely going wild. And then just as we'd kind of like pass outside our green rooms going into the corridor and uh, be like, how was that boys? And, and uh, compare notes and just see how sweaty all you lads are while we're getting fired up. And then I would see you lead this breathing exercise <laughs> and uh, with the rest of the mm -hmm. boys, right? And I mean, I'll let, I'll let you talk about that. Like, what is it? One, what is that? Two, why do you do it? Um, three, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. What is that? I, I feel like the breath work thing has, has, um, really taken over my after, cause that's like an after show ritual, just like a pre-show ritual, just like any football team or any, any, whatever sports team or whatever gets together and they have like some kind of like, you know, way to come together before. I think after is just as important. And, um, I think there is a, to have a healthy way to kind of wind down and come back into yourself after a very intense rock and roll show is so necessary because man, what we do up there is just, it's, it's bizarre. It's sometimes I feel like I leave my body. 
sometimes I feel like my mind is just so about, oh my goodness, I don't even know how to put it. You know, it's like, it's an out of body experience. So I feel like it's very um, important to come back into ourselves. So I, I had this experience where we, um, we performed, it was, it was last year. We, we had performed with Journey. And as the opening band, you know, um, some people are open arms. Some people are like, oh, wow, these guys are young. These guys rock. Um, and then also as the opening band, so many people are like, let's go get a beer. These guys suck. <laughs> and so I got a good dose of 15,000 people looking at us and giving us love and giving us rejection. And it was the first time where I felt like I had soiled my clothes. Like my, like everything on me was, was just heavy and, and, and stinky and just terrible. Not, not literally, but like emotionally because I had taken the good, but then I had also taken that guy with that firm grip, you know, that firm clasp on his arms. I had taken him a little too seriously. <laughs> and, um, and that's where I, I remember going to the green room and just feeling so overwhelmed. I'm like, I can't shake this. I can't be Mike right now. I feel like I'm just like so affected by all the other people's energy, you know? And um, so then I just started doing my breath work. I just started like trying to realize that like, look, all of that stuff, um, I, I must have taken that day. I must have taken like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes to just go and chill out and meditate and just get in my zone because I felt, um, I almost felt ill. I feel like when I practice my breath work after a show, all of the energy that they give me, doesn't matter if it's good or bad, can be processed and released. And I get to digest it completely. And I feel like that is the best way for me to move on from what just happened and then go be Mike, the, you know, not Mike, like I, I get to go and just snap back into what I was maybe at noon that day. Um, but I have to process all that energy or else it just like some of that good energy will stay with me and I might be like, ah, but some of that bad energy might stay with me and it just bring me down from what we just did. And, and I, I feel like that that is um, something that I'm super grateful that I, I feel like, uh, you know, Carson and I, singer of Max Adam, um, would practice just five deep breaths after every show. And once we did that, we can go to the merch booth and we can talk to, you know, however many fans want to go and get super personal and super deep. You know, we would just go and shoot the shit. It's because we are already back into ourselves. We're not thinking about the show anymore. We're not thinking about like... <laughs> the lyric or, or we're not thinking of like the little mistakes we're not thinking of the all the little interest you know all the little tiny details that could drive a musician crazy after a good show or a bad show um so yeah i think the big the biggest takeaway that i could give is just five deep breaths five meaningful deep breaths meaningful not just, you know, plowing through it, but like really soak into yourself, wiggle your toes, feel who you are right there, right now, and get back into it. Get back in, you know? So I think that that's, um, yeah, it's cool that we got to, we get to have a couple little sessions like that on the road. And 
I think that that's something that I would love for my camp to, you know, really embrace because I feel like that it helps all of us so much. Truly. Well, I think that all ties back to something you dropped earlier, which is all about presence. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's the only thing that matters. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, I've wasted years of thinking of, you know, regretting what happened a week ago and then also being anxious about what's going to happen tomorrow. I just feel like that that is just totally pulling me away from being able to form solid memories where I was actually there and I felt everything and I used there's no better feeling than knowing you can go back into your memory bank and you can remember what it looked like, what it smelled like, what it sounded like, what it felt like, you know, like you can really take yourself back to the memory and you can't get all those senses if you're thinking about something else. You just can't, you know? I really love how you've cultivated this practice and have been able to apply it to your life as a musician. And it's not that, because in my experience, I've been meditating for about 10 years. And for me, as I think a lot of people that um, start to explore meditation, I was in, I was in the struts and I was in a period in our career where we really weren't doing as much work as we wanted to do. And we were hungry to do it. And we definitely weren't looking after ourselves. And Meditation for me was something that I went to as kind of the first step into, um, I suppose, I suppose self-help and a lot of, I think a lot of people kind of stumble upon it that way. And then through the act of meditation over time, it just becomes as much of a habit as brushing your teeth and something you, you wake up and you look forward to do in time. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> and so I'm curious with you, cause again, I, I and I, I'm really kind of uh, laying it on thick here, but I, I really am so inspired by your actions, Mike, because I don't think I've seen anybody apply those practices because for me, that's quite a personal thing. It's like, I would say I would do it in the band van. And I think in the early days, bro, I think I would pretend I was having a nap. Do you know what I mean? It was so abnormal to bring this thing I did into, um, into my band life that it was, um, yeah, I felt like I had to kind of hide it or pretend I was just having a little sleep in the van. Do you know what I mean? Which is like, which now, <laughs> oh, yeah. is, so it sounds nuts now, but mm -hmm. so I think um, seeing how you've introduced that practice and kind of developed it with different breath work and different types of meditation, whatever really works for you, the fact that you've taken that into your band camp and it's not just you that does it, it's the camaraderie with everybody when you come off stage I think is incredibly inspiring and um and bro i roll on our november tour because <laughs> we we got it I'm, I'm joining after our show if, if boys are going out to the bar there's always time uh -huh. to celebrate there is always time to celebrate however mm. especially in our industry right it's kind of people that come to your show mm. every night are coming there to celebrate and i feel that a lot of yeah. musicians can get caught up without that balance and that presence right because um truly oh yeah because you're might you're maybe i know this sounds maybe a strange idea but you're almost mindlessly celebrating right whereas if you're able to my every night's a friday night right <laughs> yeah exactly every night is a friday night it's like it's such a rhythm it's crazy i feel mm -hmm. that 
And, and so I think even just the five, the, the five breath practice you talk about, even just doing that and just that extra check-in, applying that to your life as a musician, um, like when you're in the midst of it, you're straight off stage. You've just played this kick-ass rock show. Doing that then um, is, is really incredible. And I want to ask what your... What was your introduction to um, to meditation, breath work, and how did that tie in with your creativity? When did that kind of come together as being something to go hand in hand? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I have the coolest sister in the world. My sister is my best friend in the world. She's uh, she's a little bit older than me, so she's lived a little bit longer than me, and. Um, because of that, I have always been open arms to everything that she has ever learned. You know, she is, um, she's amazing. She's like my biggest inspiration for pretty much all things life. So when I moved out to California in 2016, um, I did not have any friends. I had my sister there. I didn't really know anyone. Um, my very first guitar teacher was out there. So he hooked me up with some gigs every now and then, but I was uh, I was living on Ninth in Wilshire in Santa Monica, and I just didn't have a I didn't know what to do with my time, and I knew that I wanted to get into like a communal kind of thing. So I stumbled upon um, this yoga studio called Rama, okay, on Lincoln and Lincoln and Rose, and there was. Um, this Kundalini yoga program, I guess it was, you know, uh, I had a whole month for 25 or 30 bucks or something like that. I went every day <laughs> for pretty much because I was just trying to like try to meet, meet people or also just like come into this whole, this, this whole new way of living and this new reinvented version of myself, at, um, at 20 years old. And, um, so I think through that, through, the awesome teachers that were there, like Guru Jagat, who was an absolute angel. She was amazing. It was, and then and then Tej, T E J, this powerful woman who would just actually just I, I, her voice alone would just send you up there through through her meditation, like through leading meditation and through leading her uh, her classes. Um, she's amazing, uh, but I. I got thrown in with these really amazing teachers that were all um, so supportive when it came to, you know, kind of like modifications. I, I didn't do any of this stuff in Detroit when I was here, when I was younger. So my sister was very, um, I don't know, she was, uh, she was supporting me on going to all that. And it, I, I thought it was really cool to be able to lock in and have some kind of practice when it came to like uh, doing these things like Breath of Fire and doing like other kind of breath works where, you know, you're holding your nose and you're breathing for maybe 11 minutes or some sort, which I couldn't really tell a lot of my friends back then. Cause here we are, we're like 20 and like all my friends are still in college and stuff. And I couldn't just be like, yeah, I just like went like this and like pump my stomach and breathe through my nose for, you know, 20 minutes. <laughs> and I would be like, dude, I think you went to California and lost your mind. But I'm like, no, man, this is, I, I feel alive. I feel so alive from it. Um, so I think Kundalini Yoga was a huge thing for me. Um, and uh, I think that that was really something that let me know that that is what makes me feel, feel powerful, you know, I guess. 
You know, feel like I'm I'm in myself. If if you ain't breathing, you're dying. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta embrace it. You gotta. I don't know. I feel like that's it's a big part of who I am now. Well, you can tell that you've done that work too, for sure, because you were talking about how you can sense when your energy gets too frantic and your energy gets too low. Like, you know where your medium and balance point is. And I think that's something you can solely learn through the oh, visceral yeah. experience of it, but is so beneficial on the road when you're trying to navigate with others or before you go on, on a stage. So, yeah. Uh, and I feel like the energy thing is something that we're constantly battling because we're literally the way we travel. It's like, sometimes you just get terrible sleep and you got to find a way to like have that gauge. We don't, we need to know how much we have, how much gas we have in the tank at all times. So we can save enough to the stage and get off and be able to go and do whatever we got to do after, you know? Yeah, it's 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 fun. I, I feel like that there's like all of these, you know, all of these little tools that we can kind of come across through our journey that that kind of give us these little, you know, just fill up our tank a little bit more. And I think that that is something that we're always striving to find more of. Really, they help so much. Is there is there is there a go to one that you have when your tank's a little low? Um. Other than espresso, uh, no, no, no. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, on, this is crazy, but if I cannot snap into it before a gig, I will just do a little quick little workout. I will, I'll do this thing where I've got my legs like spread like this and then I got my arms and I am just going and touching my feet and getting my hips going and sweating before I get on stage. If I can break a sweat before I get on stage, then I almost feel like I... I don't know. I had the advantage Then I'm coming in hot and the crowd doesn't even know what they're about to get. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a huge one as well. That's, um, that's something that we, all four of us actually have started doing and it, it becomes a bit, um, and you know what it's like backstage before you go on and it's so cramped <laughs> if you're like side stage and you've got four people that have got all of these limbs flying and it kind of, I, I find like it lightens the mood as well. Right. Cause you're oh, yeah. all kind of, your limbs flying and um you've got different vocal warm-ups going and it's mm. funny because that's just something that we've just like developed over the years and kind of makes us all laugh like our drummer now his little pre-stage ritual like he'll come around and he will not go on stage unless he's kissed every member of the band and crew on the forehead before he goes on stage <laughs> they would do that into like a few push-ups and then run out and he's the first on stage so you've you've cultivated these amazing practices and you have many different outlets but I kind of wondered, I think anybody listening, any any creative soul um, will know times where they've really tried to force creativity mm-hmm. into existence. And your perspective around kind of sparking creativity is really interesting. Um, can you kind of share a bit about that and what you do in your experience when you're stuck specifically creatively? Mm. Well, you know what? I feel like that that is something that I've had the luxury of you know being able to work with the brilliant minds that i do like nick barone and max Saturn. that is my guy that is my safe place that is my can send him anything and he hears it you know and he can do the same to me and i think that that is such a beautiful thing because he can always pry out whatever kind of sliver of you know good there is and whatever idea it is and then kind of take it and run with it so i do have that luxury as of lately 
with uh, with songwriting and, and music creativity, but I've also learned to just, if it's not happening, don't force it to happen. It's going to turn out to be shit. <laughs> it's not going to be that amazing thing that you're stressing over if you are really kind of putting in a bunch of stressful energy into it. I feel like I can always hear it, you know? If I look back at demos and I'm like, oh my God, I was definitely trying way too hard on that. It was so against the grain. It was so not, it just wasn't authentic, you know? Uh, I feel like I can always hear it. But I've kind of let myself go with that. I, I think a big thing that, I mean, my, my biggest tool has got to be um, putting putting my creativity into something else, you know? Immediately, say I'm stuck, I'm writing a song and I'm just like so frustrated at a certain point, I'll cook a meal. I'll go and cook myself a dinner. And what that does is, oh, I get to, you know, man, I can't write this verse, but fuck it, I'm going to chop an onion a different way that I've never done before or something, you know? Like I'm going to do something different, you know? And I think with that, I have been able to not take it so seriously and been able to go and let myself still tap into that young kid that I am and know that I am doing, I'm writing these songs because it's fun because this is like the joy. Cause I know that this is, you know, in my heart, like the coolest thing ever. I can't believe that like, you know, I get to write songs or get to have that ability to do so. So I'm always trying to remind myself how, how lucky I am to be able to be in a situation where, um, that that is even an option. So I think that that kind of takes the edge off, to be honest. But I feel like I'm always trying to find different ways to get out of um, get out of the thick of it, you know, get out of the thick of like a good writer's block, you know. I'd be curious if, when cutting that onion in a new way, if sometimes that verse just pops into your head uh, unplanned, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because you're allowing yourself to like go and and I think. I think with that too, and with cooking, because cooking can be so forgiving, especially like chopping. Chopping can be so forgiving, okay? I feel like I don't judge myself when I'm chopping an onion, you know? Or when I'm, you know, prepping any kind of, you know, meal or something like that. I'm not judging myself during the process. I'm just having fun. And why can't songwriting be the same way? Like, why do we have to judge every single line that we are, you know, just get it out. And then maybe tomorrow when you wake up with a fresh brain, then you can go and kind of like, you know, punch up some of the lyrics or, or fix that one little melody on the guitar or whatever. But we don't got to beat ourselves up during the process. That's not why we do it. You know, sometimes time is a factor and sometimes you really got to just turn it on and go and do it and you give it your best effort and that's what it is. And you wake up the next morning and you're like, hey, look, I was right there. With that, I gave everything I had. It was like a pressure cooker, but we did it. You know, we got through it. We wrote the song, whether it was good or whether it was shit, we we got through it. But um, I think that that is, uh, I don't know. It's one of the little ways, I guess. Just, you know, being able to love yourself during that process because why wouldn't you? I think this happens more often than not, where one verse from the shit idea gets used for something else and while it was it didn't feel right on that day that can get pulled from somewhere else and even regardless of the work there's no time wasted um 
because either it's going to get used for something or you flex those creative muscles. Is like, is that something that aligns with you? Yeah. Dude, you know what, man? How many times have we tried to write a song and we know that it was just a stepping stone because that was a cousin to the song that we're actually trying to write. And we're just, you know what I mean? Like they're all related. And sometimes it's so, that is one thing that I have, have definitely embraced is, um, just because I wrote this song three years ago and I didn't really, didn't really like pop and I didn't really like the way it felt, you know, playing it live or something like that. Doesn't mean I can't recycle it or recycle that sentiment or go back in there a little bit and pry open what it really was, what I was getting after. And then relate that to today and who I am now and kind of like punch that up and bring that into a whole nother flex. I, I just, I, I think there's so much beauty in that. It reminds me of um, when you read a book, right? You might read a book at one stage in your life and it means something to you at that moment in time. Then you revisit it five years later and it mm-hmm. t- like strikes a totally different chord. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and I kind of feel the same way with, with songwriting in some ways. If you felt it mm-hmm. and you were authentically putting yourself out at that moment in time, that meant something to you at that time. Maybe it still resonates. Maybe it doesn't. But if you know that when you did it at the time, yeah. that's um, it's almost like a cool, it's kind of your autobiography in some regards, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I found it so much, it's easier to find uh, when you revisit those songs. It's, it, I think it's really beautiful if you can find clarity and find out what you overcame with that situation or find just a different, yeah, like find that, that shining light of what you were trying to figure out a couple of years ago, but you just didn't have that missing puzzle piece. And sometimes you get lucky and you find that puzzle piece and you're like, wow, okay, song's done. We're good. We got it. <laughs> Which I feel like cannot really happen when it comes to like putting too much pressure on yourself. I think you just got to let life happen. And we have, we're gifted the time to go and just write new songs and to go and maximize our creative output. I was really inspired by Keith Haring um, a couple months ago when I was in New York um, because he's the street art master. You know, he's just such a, such a brilliant street artist. Um, When he found out that he was sick, he amped his output, you know, by numbers, you know, he had thousands of pieces of work by the time he passed. And I know for a fact it was because, you know, he just, he was just trying to get it out. He just knew that it was kind of a numbers thing. Maybe not a numbers thing, but like he just knew that everything counts. He's like, if I'm doing it, it counts. It's fine. Boom. Whether it's a big mural or if it's something in his studio that, you know, is on a on an easel that no one ever sees, you know? So I feel like finding those things, um, being able to, I don't know, write as many songs as you can while we're, while we're still living, while we're still here, you know, just write as many songs as we can. Get it out. It's going to hit someone. If it hits you, it'll probably hit someone else. Just like, you know, just like us, you know, talking about the whole meditation thing and stuff like that. If you're doing it, someone else is probably out there doing it too. You know, you just got to put it out there. Chelsea, do you have anything else to add from a kind of coach's perspective on everything that Mike is saying? And I know already you're smiling because I know from your teachings that what Mike is just saying through his existence, uh, I can see how much it resonates with you and a lot of your, uh, the way you live your life too. Um, 
And I was very, I was excited to introduce the two of you today because I knew you guys would vibe as it were. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I was, I was very, very excited. The other, it's just, you know, I just want to recap because there's been so much gold mm -hmm. given. And for any of our listeners that is like, what am I putting in my pocket that Mike has given us today? It's, it's really, you know, you've given us tools, insights, and knowledge to keep our stream of communication and creativity open. Mm. And you've talked about doing that through gratitude, simple and basic as my hands can play my guitar. You've talked about that through not getting stuck on what is my avenue of creativity. I can draw, I can cut an onion. Like there's all different ways that I can be creative that allows that in. Um, one of the things that just like hit me so hard is a reminder that we're doing this because it's fun. Yeah. And then, you know, if it's not fun, something's wrong. So stop and go cook and do it a different way. And eventually the pieces are all going to come together. If we can just trust and surrender, um, you've taught us the importance of presence and coming back to ourselves and how, when we're in that state, we can really remember it all and we can live and we can receive it all from the importance of needs and boundaries. And once again, I'm just holding that little, I'm impressed that not only can you identify needs, but you can state the boundaries and then it's received and honored by your bandmates is, is just super cool. Um, so I'm just recapping all of that because there, there's so much that we can walk away with from today. And I just want to share gratitude for you walking the journey and being able to to share your knowledge along the way, so maybe somebody's journey could, you know, have have a little bit insight and save them a step or two. Thank you so much, Chelsea. That's so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, Mike, on your on your well being rider, what would be one item, tool, or practice that you can absolutely not go without in your in your life as a musician? Um. Object or like it can be anything. It can be a, it can be a practice. It can be a uh, an object. I think the practice um, that I cannot go without and it's got to be uh, um, it's got to be my uh, I, I think the the breathwork stuff. I think I think the five you know being able to check in. I think that that is something that you know if if I forget how to do everything. <laughs> Uh, that is one thing that I hope I remember how to do or hope that I have the awareness to remind myself to do it because it feels that feels that good. Um, but yeah. And as far as objects go, as far as the rider, I feel like get me some water. <laughs> water is the key to everything, man. I'm telling you, I just need to like, you know, drink some water, reset, cool down water. And then, and then you can turn that water into ice. And you can ice your body, ice your head. <laughs> this guy, I, yeah. I, I love, I love Mike. It's um, it's something that we, I mean, the breath, we're all gifted with, right? Like the breath is something that, rich, poor, young, old, you have the capability to breathe, right? The fact that that is your number one on your well-being, rider. Right, uh? I think's cool as hell because that's universal and free to everybody. You know, once you have um, 
the presence with it and able to put these practices in that you do. So that's very inspiring. You to leave something behind in the green room. So this is going to be a question that you leave behind for the next guest to come on the podcast for them to answer. They don't know. They don't. We may tell them who it's from. Depends who the guest is. <laughs> but you don't know who it is. Well, I think, you know, because we're talking with artists and stuff like that. What is a what is a um, piece of art that helps you reset? That helps you get back into it could be something really, you know, what is something familiar for you that helps you reset and come back in? Um, mine is um, the album Hawaiian Paradise by Les Paul. Mm. I don't know if you ever heard that. Oh my goodness, you got to listen to that, man. It is like the most peaceful album you will ever hear. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. The whole album is just flawless all the way through. And um, <clears throat> or actually the only flaw, which I don't even think is a flaw, you can hear the tape machine messing up because in the meantime, while recording the album, he was also inventing stereo recording. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll forgive him. Yeah, he was. He had his so <laughs> he had his fingers in his eyes. <laughs> yes, I feel like all of us have you know that one piece of art, whether it's a visual thing, whether it's a audible thing, um, that that helps us kind of reset and remember you know, get back into ourselves. So what is that for the next artist that you have on? I love it. And then, yeah. so what has been left in the green room for you today, Mr. Mike Moody, is from our dear friend, <laughs> Alex Iono, who was the previous podcast guest. And he has left for you, and this is quite funny, actually, because this has pretty much been the entire topic of today, right? <laughs> I was about to say, it's like aligned. he knew. <laughs> uh, what is one thing you do in the best or in the worst moments of the journey to remain present? I was uh, 16 years old and I was doing the high school talent show and I was nervous as shit. I was freaking out and someone gave me the advice to just wiggle my toes and to just feel where you are. Feel the ground that you are standing on that is supporting you. That is, always, I mean... For 10 plus years, man, that has been my secret. You look down at my feet and I look like I'm freaking out. You see my little, the little tops of my boots just going up and down like this. <laughs> because that is something that I just, I feel like I, if I can do that, that's, you know, it, it pulls me right back to where I need to be. Um, another little, another little thing that I can leave though, this is, this is something that I, I've been carrying with me too is, for stage fright and stuff, because that was such a big thing for me to overcome. And um, I've kind of had this relationship with it as of lately where, I mean, probably as of the last 10 years, is that um, feeling nervous, probably one of the most human things that anyone could ever feel. You cannot fake nervousness. You cannot fake goosebumps. No way. Like you, it's something that happens from within. And being able to really be in touch with that and make that a strength of being like, wow, I'm nervous to do this. I might turn into the best version of myself right now. Or I might, I might even give some, with my nervousness, I might even give someone goosebumps because this is something that I can't control. I'm going to give something that they can't control. And um, that has been like an ongoing, you know, I guess mantra in my head every time I feel nervous, you know. 
like playing the first show with you guys <laughs> and like you know and like all of the journey of of everything that that comes about you know um i feel like that that is something that has always supported me and in the process wiggling my toes <laughs> mike this has been an absolute pleasure today and i you've really you've really given i'm sure all our listeners myself and chelsea included just a absolute gold mine of treasures to revisit um on our own journey so we thank you so much for your time my friend and uh good luck with the rest of the house moves send my love to the rest of the boys and max satin uh my new favorite band as i said at the start of the show ladies and gentlemen mike moody thank you so much mate thank you jed thank you chelsea for having me on you guys are doing incredible work with this whole thing and i'm excited to see where it goes man because i feel like this is gonna help I, i really do would you like to receive weekly tips to better navigate your life and career join the band where we send you one book recommendation one action to take one new song suggestion and one development story to inspire sign up at themusiciansjourney.net this podcast is designed to provide insights and information on personal issues facing musicians we are not healthcare professionals information provided is not a substitute for professional healthcare advice diagnosis or treatment always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions regarding a medical condition it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.